it's Book Banter, the Apple Tree Bookstore podcast. Happy Halloween, everyone, and welcome to the holiday season. It's going to be a weird one this year, everyone. I'm sure by now many of you have heard of the supply chain crisis. I don't understand it, if I'm being perfectly honest. As far as I can tell, COVID happened, a ship got stuck in the canal, the Bermuda Triangle relocated to the Pacific, and now we can't get anything shipped. Well, that's an exaggeration. We can get things shipped, but it's less guaranteed and it's taking longer. We have notices up in the store asking our customers to get their holiday shopping done as soon as possible. Last minute gift buying for specific items is just not going to happen this year. We are still taking orders and we will get them in as quickly as we possibly can, but it's not just books. It's everything, but we are getting everything as quickly as we can. So if you are looking for a specific item, please, please, please call, email, stop in, and ask about it as soon as you know you want it. If we already have it, then we will put it on hold for you, or if you live in the surrounding area, we will deliver it directly to you. But you know, all of this talk about shipping and delays and delivery, it got us thinking about how delivery has changed at Apple Tree Books. So for this episode, we'd like to introduce you to someone with our own Tales from the Delivery Man. Hello, my name is Ed Alex, and I work at Apple Tree Bookstore. I've been with Apple Tree since the summer of, since August of 2004. So that would be about 17 years. I'm mostly doing events outside of the store at uh, book conferences. A lot of those in those days were for uh, elementary school librarians to get CEUs, and we would sell a lot of children's literature and what have you, and I would do that on the road. I like dog and pony show, do that kind of stuff. The delivery part of the activity didn't happen until really, um, really when until COVID hit. But before that, we would make deliveries to some of our uh, clientele or our customers that were uh, homebound for some reason or for some, they, were, they had an ailment that they couldn't get out. We would make some, very few. But, um, and then I worked with Lynn doing a lot of out-store, out-of-the-store activities. And when COVID hit, all those stopped. And so Lynn decided to offer free delivery uh, in the surrounding area. And so that's kind of what I do. Uh, do deliveries in the surrounding area, the greater Cleveland Heights area. We go as far as Beachwood um, and down to University Circle. And um, that's what I do. Our first question for Ed was, how has delivery been going here at Apple Tree Books? I will say for the store, uh, on, on a plus side of the store, I, I pretty much deliver the same day. If uh, if you call the store and you order something and we have it, you're going to get it that day. You're going to get it that day by four o'clock. If we have it in stock. If we don't, then the day it comes in, I'll be sure that it gets to your house. Okay. And um, on that note, uh, so far, 
there's only been one time where I delivered uh, a number. I, 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 in my head, I transposed the number, and I did deliver it to the wrong address. And um, the person was kind enough to bring it up the street to the, because on the package it says who it's for, their name, their phone number, and their address. And so um, uh, they did bring it up, but that's the only um, uh, mishap that I think I have had. But I'm reminded about it that I, not, I don't have a perfect record, but that's okay. I have, I have never heard of a delivery being stolen or not received. If, I've, I've never heard of someone saying, I did not get the book which I think is speaks to our society and the, everything in general, because a lot of the books, I just have to leave them on a doorknob or because there's no other place to put it. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the clients have very unique, special places to put books, and they tell you, and, you know, it's either inside the front door or there's a very creative mail chute or they have a special box or something that they'll say, put the, put the package there. And um, that's kind of interesting, too. But of course, we know that the job can't all be pleasant and perfect all the time. Here's what Ed had to say about the worst parts of delivery. The worst part of the job is um, something that I would never have, uh, until I did this, I had no, I had nothing to measure this with or compare it to. The worst part of the job is finding the house. Even though I have GPS, GPS is not pinpoint accurate. And um, I'm going to have to say this. House numbers, at least in the area where I'm delivering in Cleveland Heights, are terrible. They are impossible to find. People have put them. There's no standard place for a house number. Typically, you know, if you think of a, a, a house, the little white house with the picket fence, and the number's right up above the front door or on to the right or left of the front door. And that is a rarity. That is rare in Cleveland Heights, or in, in this general area. Those house numbers are everywhere. They are on a rock out by the sidewalk that's covered with uh, weeds and what have you. They are on, there are some very, very pretty, very expensive. They look uh, brass or no bronze perhaps. Um, that you have to order from someplace, and they're impossible to read. They're very decorative. They look nice, but the numbers are, are not readable. And also, it's something you stick in the lawn. So uh, depending on how high your grass is, you're not going to find that either. And the other one that kind of humors me is the one where the number is very clear, except there is a shrub or a bush right in front of it. And there's the only way you could find that number is if you went up and moved the shrub or the bush. Of course, with by the power by the process of elimination, if I'm looking for 38 and this is 40, well, 38 has got to be that house. But I can't tell you how many times I stand in front of a house and say, I know this number is here. It's got to be. Because I think that you have to have your house number of visible for the postal person. I'm not positive. Anyway, but it's kind of like, um, where's Waldo? Okay, it's like, where in the heck have they put this number? And you look, then I get very frustrated, I swear to God, they have, they don't have a damn number on their house enough. And then finally, on my way 
back to the car. I said, oh, there it is. It's hanging on the tree that's almost on the neighbor's property, but it's up there on a tree. I'm like, oh, for God's sakes. And then there's some creative ones. There's a couple that in the area. They have a very, very beautiful house number. It's stained glass. It's it's woven. It's in, uh, incorporated into a stain, an oval stained glass that is the oval window in their front door. But Again, impossible to read unless there was a light shining through it or something. But it is beautiful. It's a beautiful number. But again, if you're looking for the number, you can forget that. And then um, I, w- I wanted to measure the numbers, the average size of the number, and measure the distance from the front door to the curb. And then try to get that, try to uh, analyze that with the eye chart to see what vision would you need to see that number because it's it's a it's a pretty small number and in many cases you're looking up like 100 feet away or more anyway so that's the frustrating part the other frustrating part is and it's um it's it's, it comes with i think our society today people do not in the winter time shovel their sidewalks or 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 uh, driveways, or put salt down, or what have you. Now, some do a very lame effort of um, uh, padding down the sidewalk. They don't shovel it, but they pad it down. There are very, very, there's there's an exception. If I do seven deliveries in a day, there will be maybe one where the sidewalk is shoveled. The sidewalks, I, I remember years ago, they used to say, I don't know if it's true, it's maybe still be on the books, that if your sidewalk is not shoveled, if, they, if access to your mailbox is not easy, they don't have to put your mail there. They don't have to get there. I don't know if that's true or not. I had heard that years ago, but uh, not shoveling the sidewalks is very frustrating for me, and I'm sure for all delivery people. But don't worry too much about Ed. It's not all doom and gloom all the time. Here's what Ed had to say about the best parts of his job. Okay, the best part of the job. Well, I, I get some I get satisfaction in delivering to clients or customers that I know are I know them personally and I know they are unable to come to the store. And I know that getting a delivery like this is 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 a real godsend to them. They really appreciate it. And um so I know that's one of the things. It's due to either age or illness or family issues. They can't get out. Some have a sick husband or what have you. So I really enjoy being able to really provide a service to people who otherwise would probably not be able to access this or get a book uh, from us anyway. And um, that part of it, I think, uh, that brings me the most uh, satisfaction, uh, delivering books to people that I know otherwise could not have the books. Um, the other thing that I uh, enjoy doing is uh, I do like to see what people are reading. You know, I see what books they've ordered and I see what's what's selling, what's not, at least in the, to the folks that we deliver to. And that's kind of fun and it's kind of interesting to, to listen, to watch that. And um, the other thing that I've learned and I enjoy it for the job is I'm learning a lot about the greater Cleveland Heights area geographically and architecturally. I mean, I'm learning where a lot of streets are. I may have known of the street, but now I know exactly what intersects what, where it goes, which street is like, um, for example, there's a street in Cleveland Heights called Derbyshire. Well, Derbyshire is a very long street 
and it's segmented and it's all over the place. It was just like for another street that I live on, Overlook. It goes, it goes from Superior all the way down, crosses Euclidice Boulevard. And so it's kind of fun to uh, navigate the city and say, where is this? I've never heard of this street. So I enjoy that. There's a couple of streets that I have absolutely never heard of, and I was sure that they're not, they couldn't exist. And they sure enough do, hidden away around a corner down an alley, and there it is a real live street. The other insight that I've gotten is I'm learning a lot, and I said I would like to do a little bit more research on this myself through the Western Reserve Historical Society or even just um, um, Cleveland uh, Engineering or what have you, is what is the rule be of num how, how we number houses, okay? Because um, in some places, if this is 108, you could be sure the next house is 110. But there are some cases where if it's 110, the next house is 120. So why is there such a space? I, I know the lot, it may be based on the lot or the street or the distance from a particular point. I don't know. But it's interesting that they don't all just go in sequences of two or four or six. Sometimes it jumps to as high as 20. Okay? And... Um, I have run into some place, and I'm not sure where, but it's one of these little lanes or alleys in here, around here that the numbers are, they go one, two, three, four, five, because there are no houses on the other side of the street. But anyway, there's, a, there's that. So that's kind of interesting to see how were the lots and how were they numbered and what is the number system. I know that when it's a five-digit number, there's some way of determining how far that is from a numbered street or what have you, but anyway, that I find it, that's that I'd like to know more about that how those parcels were numbered. So, what's the bottom line? How has delivery changed our world? It definitely has changed our culture in that it's available, um, and in, in many many times it's free, and um, our society is relying on it more and more and more. Some people, again, it, it's the convenience um, to be able to uh, quickly on your computer order something with a click of a button and you're all done. And that, that type of action was not available 10 years ago. Maybe even maybe 10 years ago for sure. It was not quite as simple as just click it and here you are, you're all done. Uh, and that's made uh, our culture, I think that's changed it a lot. I mean, I think you could uh, do some shopping uh, in two hours online and have it all done, whereas years ago it might have required getting in the car and driving to multiple locations. If you wanted something at, you know, Dillard's and then at, at May Company and wanted something else at a, another store, there'd be a lot, but it's all instant. So that's the delivery concept. Uh, delivery service has definitely changed. Uh, I remember as a little kid, a lot of department stores would ask you uh, when you made your purchase, are you going to take it with you or are you going to have it delivered? And they offered free delivery, but this is back in the 50s and in the early 60s. However, Today, delivery service, without delivery service, some things would be very, very limited. Now, I do notice when I make deliveries, 
other people have been there before me, and I can see, um, without me making it a commercial, I can see Whole Foods has been here. I can see they have ordered a lot, a lot of things. That This is obviously Whole Foods. You've done your grocery shopping online. Or Giant Eagle or Zagera's or Heinen's. There are the bags sitting on your front porch or in your or your hallway or your lobby. And um, they're right there. That's And that's completely different. That I know when I was uh, coming up and I know even back in... 25 years ago or so, delivery was, it wasn't even, I, it was actually, it was not even considered safe because you weren't sure you were going to get the package and uh, and what have you. It wasn't U.S. mail. It was a, the delivery service wasn't something you would rely on. But it, we're, uh, delivery is reliable today, and a lot of people uh, afford themselves to it. And like I said, not to toot our own horn, but to, my knowledge, to this date, we have not lost a package. A delivery has not been swiped uh, or taken or, or what have you. I'll say I'm, you know, I'm in my 70s, so, so 50 years ago or even 60 years ago or even 70 years ago. Um, if you said who delivers, there's the mailman. That's the only person that delivered anything. Mm -hmm. Now, we did have an egg man or bread man and milk man, but those, that was many, many years ago. But um, the delivery, it was the mailman. And um, there was a concept that years ago I heard about it. I've never participated or witnessed it, but it was called COD. And they would actually, it was cash on delivery. So they would make the delivery and they would have to ring your bill and tell you uh, it's $21.50. And you gave that person that money. It was COD. And I don't know how that all worked, but that's a concept that's unheard of today. Yeah. COD. Okay. But that, of course, that's for a lot of different reasons. But we are, it's, we are definitely an instant society. We are not going to wait, uh, to even, um, order it in the mail to, Put in a novel, put on a stamp, wait three days for it to get to the destination. We're not going to do that anymore. We are going to have it tomorrow. Uh, it's fine. I'm just looking. I'm kind of anxiously looking to the next step, the next society after the COVID has settled down, and hopefully it will. How we're, how the how we're going to pan out? How this is going to because it's going to be different. It is definitely going to be different. Well, he's definitely right about that. At least for the immediate future, we're about to have a very different holiday season. But we are doing everything we can to make it as bright and beautiful as it has ever been before. So like I said, if you know what you're looking for, get your orders in quickly and Ed will get them to you if you can't come into the store and get them yourself. But sometimes it's not that easy. You don't know what you're looking for until you see it. We are also offering another round of Book the Bookstore in the evenings on Thursdays and Fridays, or we are doing a brunch on Sundays. Now, some of those have already been reserved, so if that's something you're interested in, please call or email the store as soon as possible. Also, if you really have no idea where to start, but you know who you're shopping for, we have an interesting form this year that we're trying out that allows you to list who you're shopping for, and we will order in some suggestions for you that they might enjoy. Take your pick from the ones where you think we might have guessed it right. Stay tuned to the podcast and the newsletter 
For more information on holiday shopping and goings-on at the store as they become available, you can also check our Facebook page. We'll try to keep you updated there, and we're going to make this work. So far, this podcast has been coming out roughly every two months, but for the last few episodes this year, we're going to speed that up because the holidays move quickly. Our next episode will be coming out in just a few weeks, and it will include some information about Small Business Saturday this year, so make sure you tune in for that. Okay, that's all for now, but thank you for listening. Bye-bye.